Welcome to the Money Wise Women Show, brought to you by MoneyMorphosis.com. Are you ready to be inspired to upgrade your financial skills? Listen to feminine leaders sharing practical advice and valuable insights. Shift your money mindset, improve communication skills, and learn financial management tips. Although we do not provide investment advice, you can check out MoneyMorphosis.com. That's Money-M-O-R-P-H-O-S-I-S.com to find simple ways to boost your true wealth. Welcome to the show. This is Crystal Arnold, your hostess and founder of Money Morphosis. So if you're listening right now, you are probably a pioneer in thinking about money and prosperity and wealth in a new way. I've been reflecting on what this feeling of pioneering something is. And it, to me, feels like going into the great unknown, unchartered territory. It takes courage to be a pioneer. And often uh, pioneers face unforeseen challenges that maybe have never been encountered before. And so there's a willingness to adapt and to be resourceful, creative, and, and really innovate in certain ways. So when we're talking about pioneering in these fields of money and prosperity, for me, it's really about having these conversations that take us to uh, new realms of understanding and uh, collaboration so that we can create greater synergy, which is this energy where, um, you know, the sum of the parts is is greater than each one individually and so synergy is is that coming together for accessing greater illumination wisdom um and and wealth together and so i this is why i choose guests who are innovative thinkers and really understand the feminine princi- principles of collaborative endeavors. And this is why I am so excited to introduce you to our guest today, Jane Ashley. And she is, um, so she really is many things. She is, I I first met her as uh, she has a publishing um, company and called Flower of Life Press and has done some really great um, compilation books, which I'll tell you about. She's also a mom, wife, daughter, and and really uh, holds space for greater love and empathy. I, I really see Jane as a leader in the rising feminine movement. She totally gets the under importance of collaboration and community in a new economy. And her background is a psychotherapist, book designer, branding consultant, and visionary has really brought Jane a deep knowing of her purpose on the planet. As I said, she's publisher of her company, Flower of Life Press, and creates books and brands as sacred containers of essence and change for her tribe. Jane fearlessly brings forward those urgent and poignant conversations necessary as we navigate these uh, these uh, turbulent times in our world. And um, 
Her most recent book series was The New Feminine Evolutionary, which catalyzes our collective evolution, providing stories, wisdom, and active tools to obliterate blocks, uncover truths, and support all of life. And uh, in July, she will be releasing her next uh, compilation book, Pioneering the Path to Prosperity. And you can find out more about that at www.floweroflifepress.com slash prosperity. And so excited to have this pioneering conversation with you here today, Jane. I would love to begin by hearing a little bit more about what excites you most about the work that you do. Oh, thank you, Crystal. What's most exciting? Really, you know, you mentioned it in my intro. It's really this idea of bringing us together as a collective force for change. And that, um, you know, sisterhood has really been powerful in my life. Uh, over the past 10 years, I've nurtured and healed many of my relationships, um, including with my mother and with other women and my sister. And um, I just found that the alchemy that can happen when women get together in a place of presence and truth and vulnerability is very healing. And so my, you know, my path is really to support those voices of transformation. And that includes men, but it's primarily been women up until recently. So I think that's what's really exciting is because the depth of the relationships that I have with, with the authors that I work with, go, they run deep. And so mm. it's... Um, it's a it's a community. It's a tribe. It's um, collaborative power. So it feels mm. really good. Wonderful. I love these qualities of feminine leadership, which you embody the focus on the relationships, having empathy and compassion for others, having a collaborative space where you are bringing forth the voices and the gifts of other people and and predominantly women. And I'd love to hear a little bit more about who you are, and and if you're willing to share some of your money story and and uh, kind of history, I feel like there is um, so few spaces for people to really hear other women's uh, you know personal money stories. And so, if there's anything in particular you would like to share um, about your uh, journey that has brought you to publishing this most recent book that's coming out in July. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Yes. And, you know, what I've learned also throughout my own path of evolution is that um, authenticity and truth comes from sharing vulnerably. And this is what I always encourage our authors to do as well is to write about what they don't want to write about because it brings us to that edge of transformation and subconscious that we may not easily access because we're protected from from the depths of, of, you know, the edges um, of, you know, pain and suffering, basically. So I would be happy to share my money story. And, you know, prior to this interview, I I went through um, in my mind, do I want to share this story or not? You know, um, because I think the thread that runs through my story is shame. And so by sharing my shame, 
I'm alchemizing it and taking the power out of that vibration and transmuting it into love for myself and for, for other people who may have a similar story. So I appreciate the invitation to share. Hmm. Um, you know, I, I was always a doer and an achiever and um, very, uh, very strong in my masculine energy. When I, I went to college, um, I moved to New York City. I was a branding strategist in New York City. I made a lot of money at an early age. And uh, there was one incident that I remember where my father said to me, wow, Janie, you've made more money in your early 20s than I made ever in my entire career. And, you know, it, it planted a seed in my mind of, oops, I can't make more money than dad. I wouldn't, you know, I can't do that. So that was a limiting belief that I can recognize now when I look back. Um, and then I went to grad school and I, I, you know, continued to develop my education and became a therapist and an art therapist. And um, at that point, I was borrowing a lot of money because it was grad school. And, you know, I just borrowed the maximum. I didn't think at all about the accumulated debt that I would have. Uh, I just found the easy way so that I could do what I wanted and have what I needed and continued to work to freelance as a designer throughout all of this time frame. Uh, and then I was in corporate in the publishing world for quite a few years and I went through a divorce in 2008. And when that happened, everything in my life really pretty much burned down. My job, my relationships, my marriage, uh, I had to start over. Um, it was, it, was, it was the awakening. It was the moment of awakening for me, really, that I knew that I was empty, that I wasn't really embodied, that I wasn't on my path. I, I had no sense of spiritual connection, and there was a big void inside of me. And that's when I got onto the path of even more personal development and learning about who I was. And money still was not a part of this work over this period of time. So I found myself being able to make money uh, as needed and have what I needed and have more than what I needed, but not saving, not investing, just pretty much overspending, I think, you know, traveling, doing those things that I wanted to do. Um, and then when I, when I started my career, uh, when I began my company, Flower of Life Press, I didn't really have the skills to set up, you know, a business plan or um, – really understand accounts receivable, accounts payable, and all of that. I just kind of set myself up as a freelancer and kept going in that way as a sole proprietor for a while. But then over time, as my business began and more, and I was making um, six figures plus, I, um, I found myself in that same cycle of overspending, not saving, not, and really avoiding money. I avoided it big time because I just was scared of it and I'd look at the numbers and not really know what to do and as long as there was money in the bank I was okay I didn't need to really look or pay attention but what has happened over the past few years is that that debt I, you know I really relied on credit cards in order to to continue to do what I wanted and that debt just kept climbing and climbing and climbing and on top of my student loan debt which is now about $180,000. Um, 
as well as, you know, taking care of three kids and sending them to camps and all of the stuff, you know, I decided to declare bankruptcy last year. And when I did that, I had a lot of work to do around clearing the shame that came with that, um, you know, with this, with this part of my life and have since then have now been relearning um, about money and creating a new relationship with money that is completely foreign. So I'm walking that edge now of creating and manifesting money and resources as I need it, as I go without credit cards and without that sort of false sense of safety of having the credit card to fall back on. And it is really, it's like walking a tightrope sometimes. It's scary, and it's also bringing me opportunities in each moment to alchemize the shame and the fear that I have and the scarcity that keeps coming, that has been a thread throughout my life. Wow, I'm so glad. Yeah, I just, um, (laughs) before you share that, I just wanted to say thank you for sharing such a vulnerable story and being so real, because I know a lot of people struggle with this kind of avoidance of money and then leading to, you know, spiraling into greater debt, student loans, and not sure how to handle it and afraid to reach out for help. And so I'm, I'm really glad you're giving voice to it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and you know, so it's like, okay, where is this little thread of shame that I'm clinging clinging to still around this this idea of bankruptcy, meaning that I'm, you know, that my soul is bankrupt, or that I'm not worthy, or that I've screwed up, and um, finding ways to be in the vibration of abundance and love as much as possible, because. When that scarcity demon rears its ugly head, then it's sabotaging everything. It sabotages my ability to manifest and magnetize clients and projects, and it sabotages my um, ability to be in my joy. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it's a really interesting place to be. Um, the other piece that I'm working now is to... Um, find an investor for my company because I have built a solid foundation, even though the financial foundation is not solid, the other pieces of my business are the work. I love my work. I love my tribe. I have a, um, I feel like I've got, I've done good work in the world and I continue to be surrounded by people who are amazing and inspiring and bringing, elevating me. And so the work that I'm doing is right on the path. It's just what is this financial foundation that I need in order to scale, in order to be even more in service to the world by bringing forward the voices that need to be heard. Hmm. Yes. Wow. It is. Um, <clears throat> it is great in in that phase of of expansion to realize when it's when it's time to reach out for greater support to really amplify your own uh your own potential and mm-hmm. i i want to like stay with that um let's let's talk about debt some more because this is mm-hmm. such a a deep conversation um so many people struggle with personal debt um since 2008 are um 
you know, public spending and, and national debt has, has risen significantly. Uh, of course, so many developing countries are in debt to the International Monetary Fund, and, and it's kind of this form of uh, indentured servitude because of the way that compounding interest uh, works, as listeners may or may not realize that, um, you know, debt with compounding interest and, and then it just continues to grow. If, if you're just making your minimum payments on, on the credit card um, at a high interest rate, it's, it's really going to get you in trouble. Um, and mm-hmm. so we have all these, all these layers of personal public uh, debt, the way it's been used for uh, control and, and wealth extraction from our communities. And so uh, what else would you like to say about that? Yeah, you know, I, I had been in debt prior and I'd had some bigger windfalls of income come in and, and surprise, you know, we had a surprise check for $250,000 end up in our hands. That was my husband's IRA or yeah, his IRS that he, sorry, his IRA that he's forgotten about, you know, one of those things. So we had some windfalls like that that were able to carry us through um, in, in, in a wonderful way, and it gave us opportunities to travel and to do the work and, and to be of service. Um, but then I didn't have the skills to continue to, to build the financial foundation, so it was like a false sense of safety because I had the money, so I thought I was okay, but I wasn't doing the, the activities that I needed to continue to grow the money. It was just being spent down, and once it was spent down, then I just had my handy backup credit card to to take care of it and would make the minimum payments. Um, you know, in some cases, I would pay it off if I had a good month, but as an entrepreneur, there's very little predictability in terms of what's flowing in and when. So that kind of state of, of um, uncertainty, you know, I guess drove me to use credit cards just feeling like that was it was okay that I'd be able to pay them back eventually and um, that that was how we are to use money and credit and that is an available form of money for me always had been but then over time I, I found myself getting more credit cards because they would get maxed out I need another one I've got to you know, pay this bill I've got to buy a new computer for my business or something and so by the time I realized that it had, it had really spiraled out of control, and I hadn't found a way to, to, um, to pay them down realistically. And, and then it became another form of avoidance. Then I began to just get scared and avoid dealing with it, which just perpetuated the fear because then you've got creditors calling. And then it's like, oh, my gosh, I'm you know, the fear of the authority getting you, taking you away or getting in trouble. You know, some of these really deep threads of, you know, childhood patterns. So, um, so I just finally woke up one day and, and realized that this credit thing is just a trap, you know, and I'm about ready to send my, um, my daughter Ruby to college, and I'm really nervous that she's going to have to borrow so much money to be able to go to college, and I don't want her to be in the same place that I was have been in as having this deep, heavy burden of debt hanging over me, especially the student loan debt, which feels almost impossible to be able to, to get down. Yes. 
Right. And it's it's really sucking a lot of the life force from from our our youth and and our our whole population. Um, you know, I, I still have student loan debt. And and it's really when you look at the price of, of college and the average debt that's taken out, you know, in the last decade, it's it's really um, skyrocketed. So it's it's mm-hmm. a huge yeah. uh, shadow of our of our prosperity mm-hmm. and the American dream and like, OK, what what is that new definition of of success and and do these children really understand what they're getting into um, when they take out these loans and it's such a cultural Mm -hmm. norm like you said it's like oh of course everyone uses credit cards and and that's just what you do and you'll pay it back eventually and and yet there's this insidious predatory nature to compounding interest and the way that uh, lending is done uh, for through credit cards in this country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, and so then, mm-hmm. well, just um, challenging us to also look at the, like the positive essence of what debt is and, so we have, you know, it's it's basically a, a promise uh, to someone and saying, I trust in you that you will repay this. And and essentially, it, it, there's a great book uh, by anthropologist David Graeber called uh, Debt, The Last 5,000 Years. And uh, it's just a fascinating look at, at how that developed. And essentially, in, in being indebted to one another is, is a positive it it can be when it's not predatory or extractive it it's like this natural relationship building where you borrow something from your neighbor and then know that they'll be there to watch your kids and there's kind of a a natural uh desire for humans to connect and it can weave the threads of society when there is just that we need each other, that we can be indebted and, and that we can make these bigger promises and, and expect that, that they will um, be repaid because of the health of the economy and our trust in this person. And so um, do you have anything else to say about the positive sense of what debt is? Well, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying about the relationship between two people. And the way I think about it now is what is an even exchange that I can create with whoever I'm in exchange with? Is it a bartering dynamic? Is it partial payment plus barter? Is it um, a loan? Is it a gift? Uh, how can I, you know, create a, um, a sliding scale if necessary for people and still feel that it's an even exchange? because I did go through a period of time where because of these issues that I have around money, I undervalued myself and didn't charge enough um, and then would find myself feeling resentful. So, you know, that's another piece too. I think the work for me has been, you know, primarily mindset now to rewire my beliefs around money and around debt and around relationships and around exchange and how can I create exchanges that serve me as well as the other person that are equal? Because if they're not, there's going to be problems. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, I hear you speaking to what I I would call sacred reciprocity, this feeling of Mm -hmm. balanced flow where both parties feel it's a mutually beneficial relationship. And that's in contrast to how many, you know, look at payday loans, this kind of predatory feeding on the, the poor poor class who, you know, um, can't afford other banking services. And so there's this kind of um, sense of we are, you know, we are two voices who are really uh, leading in this conversation about what is the sacred reciprocity? How do we reweave our communities and build trust and, um, and, and greater prosperity again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think one answer to that is collaboration. And the model of collaborative books that I've been using for a few years has been such a win-win. It's felt like such an even exchange for everybody involved. And it ends up being um, less of an investment if there's 25 people contributing to a project as opposed to one person covering the entire thing. And then there's 25 people creating content, 25 people marketing, 25 people supporting each other's um, alchemy through the process of writing. So that collaboration model has just felt like such a great way to do this, where everybody can win and it doesn't get messy. Um, mm. so, so that's been, been an interesting thing to play with in, in, for, in my life around exchange and for my business and and then everybody has a product at the end that they can sell and continue to manifest resources and abundance with, too. Hmm. Something I that they can that. own that is reflective of their essence. Right, right. And you're really um, uplifting, giving people a platform to be heard and to share themselves and and really, um, you know, illuminate some of the good news and, and great perspectives that are coming forth uh, from women and being able to uh, really highlight people in their expertise and their um, mastery. I think it's a, a mm-hmm. brilliant model. Um, would you like to tell people a little bit more about um, oh about the book coming out in July and uh, what they could expect from that? Yeah, yeah, it's a really exciting book. Um, it's called Pioneering the Path to Prosperity: Discover the the, tr- the Power of True Wealth and Abundance and Basically, I when I invited people into the project, I I offer them the um, a pretty open container to write their story, to write from whatever perspective is really present for them in that moment. So it's not necessarily about their competencies or about what they've done, but what edge are they working right now in their own money mindset and in their own wealth creation and manifest, manifesting. So there's a wide variety of approaches and perspectives in the book from different, these different authors, but the thread that runs through is really this idea of money as love, money as energy, and money as an extension um, of who we are that we want to keep in flow like a current in and out of our lives, in and out of our lives, constantly in flow, not stagnating and not, um, you know, not leaking energy, but finding this, finding a pretty steady flow of in and out. And so there's some perspectives about bigger, more um, 
global issues like the new economy and um, blockchain and Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and the new systems that are emerging as the old systems seem to be crumbling. Uh, and then there's other chapters with a very you know, vulnerable personal story from a woman who, you know, whatever her particular journey might be. So, but it does feel like because these people are writing from right now, that it's the vibration that they're grabbing and, and pulling through in their chapter is very relevant for so many of us because what is said for one is said for all. So it feels like any reader could open up this book, go to any chapter and get a little point of light that could then um, change the trajectory of their life or their mindset around money or prosperity. And the other piece is that prosperity does not just mean money. Prosperity can mean many things. It can mean gratitude and love and um, relationships and where is there prosperity in our lives so I look around and I find prosperity in all around me I find it in nature nature has been just the biggest inspiration for me around how to feel like part of the whole how to feel like part of the tribe how to feel how to access the deeper subconscious wisdom inside of myself by using nature as a mirror hmm and finding and the beauty in, in what the universe ha- is providing us right now, that it's all here for us. Yes, I love that definition of prosperity, this flow and this balance and this uh, sense of gratitude that, uh, you know, is is financial and so much more. It's, you know, our health and our relationships and and our environment. And so I think it's so important to redefine our stories of success and um, use these capacities we have as humans, as storytellers. And this is how we make mm-hmm. sense of the world. And uh, there's so much information. We're like flooded with information, but we need more mm-hmm. meaning makers uh, like you to really hold the space for context and, and deeper exploration. And uh, I, I just love how you're redefining what prosperity is and in a bigger, um, well, not even redefining it, but defining it in a way that is very relevant today and um, very grounded. It feels like there's really a nice balance of, of both spiritual truths, real-life personal stories, and, and bigger look at the systemic shifts that are happening. Yes, yeah, that's right. Because we're affected on all levels, and when we, we can start inside of ourselves and our own personal story and take some action around how to create change. I think one of the things that has helped me shift um, and begin to have a relationship with money is stepping outside of consumerism as much as possible. And when I, when I went through this process in my life over the past 10 years, really, I've let go of my attachments to a lot of the stuff, a lot of the things. I used to care about expensive jeans. I used to care about um, the perfect, you know, hair, hair, um, hair coloring, you know, all of that stuff. I used to work in New York City and go outside at lunchtime and go over to Barney's and spend money and shop. And so since I don't, now that I don't really care about that so much, I shop when I need to, but I, it's not, it's not my fix for the emptiness Hmm. anymore. 
And so when that, when I sort of let go of that, I began to see that I can step outside of the money matrix here and create a new way for myself and not fall into shame around, you know, I'm not doing it like I'm supposed to, or I'm not doing it like everybody else is, but find a way to be in the flow, love myself through everything that comes up around this and and, and receive miracles. I, honestly, I receive miracles all the time, all the time, you know, mm-hmm. in, a, in a huge abundant flow. And um, there was an example just last week where I, I needed money to pay somebody $300 and I didn't have it. And I emailed her and said, it's coming. I'm waiting on a payment from a client. Right as soon as I got off that email, and sent it, I received the money from the client. It was $3,000. And then I noticed that there was an $800 was taken out of it because it's a uh, repayment to a loan that I had through PayPal. So I was was like, oh, shoot, they took out 800 bucks. Now there's only 2,200, bummer. So I could feel myself going into anger, you know, whatever around that. But I didn't let myself go there. I said, nope, I'm in gratitude. Thank you for this money. Thank you for this $2,200 that I now have so that I can pay these other people and keep it in flow. The next day, I went down into my basement, and I found a pile of junk mail, and I opened it, and inside was a check to me for $800. What? That That almost got thrown out. Whoa. Seriously? <laughs> so I was like, seriously? Yep. Wow. So I, I just, I, I receive these, these little signs from, from, from the universe all the time that, that I'm on the right path and that because I didn't allow myself to be angry and hoard that $2,200, hmm. that it came right back. It flowed right hmm. back in just as I needed it to. Wow, I love how it's I, I just feel like you are this active participant in the flow of creation and the more we can acknowledge the miracles that are happening and affirm them with others uh and and really, you know, have have the reality of there are bills to pay, there are re- re- obligations and relationships to tend to, and yet how how do I open to the wonderment of ah oh, the curiosity and and that part of the mind, the neofrontal cortex that's activated when we move out of the fear and scarcity and the fight or flight brain and into this more creative, curious. Oh, I wonder, I wonder what good will come to me this week. I, I encourage listeners mm-hmm. to just maybe, you know, take five minutes after this call and, and sit in quiet and, and wonder about uh, what, what possible prosperity might um, come to you this week and, and what miracles might appear that really affirm this, uh, this benevolent universe and, or whatever mm-hmm. you, you are languages for it and so so mm-hmm. inspiring to hear yeah. uh, that story oh thank mm. you yeah and you know even just stepping outside and into the sunlight and feeling the warmth of the sun on your face um, I imagine it's this golden energy that I can receive and flow into my body and that golden energy is the energy of abundance and prosperity and that it's love it's a high vibration 
And when I can infuse my body with this golden light in my, you know, in my, in the energy world, then I feel connected. I feel in gratitude for that sun. Thank God for that sun. Without that sun, there's nothing. We're gone. And, um, and, and that I look at the sun and I use the sun as my, as my tool to receive prosperity from the sun. Hmm. And then I also, um, I have a mantra that I say all the time when I feel myself slipping into scarcity, and it's, I am she who flows in the river of gold. Wow. I am she who flows in the river of gold. Oh, that's all. Just close our eyes, inviting listeners to let that sink into your heart. I am she who flows in the river of gold. Ah, I'm feeling the truth of this right here in this moment, that we are resourced, we are enough, we are sufficient, we are participating in this magnificent uh, tapestry of life, and we are so incredibly valuable beyond what can be measured. Um, yeah. So let's let's take a quick break here, and and when we come back, I'd love to hear like a few of the highlights from the um, upcoming prosperity book, and and maybe some more of the themes or really poignant uh, things that you felt uh, are are coming through to be shared in that book. And we will return in just a moment. Are you ready to enjoy greater financial freedom? Perhaps you're like Emily, a creative entrepreneur who wants to increase her income to provide for her family. Using the free video training found at discoveryourtruewealth.com, she learned the secrets to accessing hidden resources and creating lasting wealth. Emily learned a persuasive negotiation technique to bring in more money with her top clients. She boosted her credit score and opened new financial doors while reducing expenses. And she took specific steps to strengthen her existing relationships and create a safety net for her business. With the Discover Your True Wealth training, thousands of women have improved their bank balances and secured their family's future. With this free video course, you'll transform beliefs, behaviors, and skills with money. Take charge of your financial situation with the training found at discoveryourtruewealth.com. Welcome back. We are here with guest uh, Jane Ashley, who is a publisher at the Flower of Life Press and her newest book series, um, Pioneering the Path to Prosperity, comes out in July. We have had just uh, insightful exploration here of debt, verity, and possibility, and um, challenges and opportunities as entrepreneurs and and women in this field. And so, you know, I, I was reflecting on just how we really are wealthy beyond measure, how what we can measure is just a tiny percentage of our uh, innate capacity for love, for generosity, for creativity. And these are things that can't 
necessarily be uh, translated into numbers and dollars in the bank account. Uh, and so it's, I feel like there's a great honoring in redefining our sense of wealth and prosperity to include more than just the financial piece. And so for all of those listeners who are struggling with debt and how that affects your self-worth and the shame and the, you know, feeling like um, maybe a victim of the system, um, just encouraging you to really, um, you know, reframe your power as creator, as weaving a story of prosperity and potential and and doing this in a grounded way of really, you know, meeting your obligations, renegotiating things that are out of alignment and and ultimately finding that sacred reciprocity, that flow of of generosity um and and so it's it's both it's a spiritual and a practical approach that really i feel and have seen uh with people i've worked with brings the greatest results so jane i would love to hear more about um you know what what kind of themes uh did emerge in this uh prosperity book we should know about. Yeah. Oh, gosh. There's so many good nuggets in this book. Um, one of the themes is about being able to receive. And, um, you know, there's a story in my life. My mother, who um, is Scottish, has a, a pretty strong thread of scarcity running through her and through her, you know, her mother and her mother. So through the mother line in my life, there's massive scarcity. And my mother, um, when she came to this country with my father, she left a well-to-do family and moved over here to be with my father, whose family were definitely poor. And so her journey has, has, as I witnessed her journey, I've just noticed this sort of love-hate relationship with money that she has. So there's a little bit of a resentment towards people who have it, and then there's a little bit of resentment towards people who don't because you don't want to identify with that. And and so that scarcity piece is definitely a thread that runs through. And also being able to receive and hold, you know, being able to give and receive, keep it in flow. And so looking at things like, like fear-based hoarding and also you know, money dysmorphia, almost like a distorted view of money um, and how it relates to our view of ourselves and how it relates to the idea of, of everything in this universe as being love-based. So why is money, you know, um, why is money evil? Why, why do we have all these belief systems around money? like um, money is the root of all evil or money doesn't grow on trees or, you, you know, you're not capable of doing this or that or making this much or that much, right? So a lot of it is really themes around personal belief systems and about self-worth. Um, and then, you know, the book is also balanced out with more concrete and practical um, ways of creating a new relationship with money. Um, but I think a lot of it is, is this idea of women have, you know, have issues with receiving. 
because we're givers, because we give, 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 uh, we don't really know how to receive. And so there can be a block there in an exchange and in, in, in a in an agreement with a client or with somebody around how much to receive, how much am I worth? How does money equate to my sense of personal worth? That's a big one. Mm. So um, it's all about the inquiry. It's not as if, you know, the experts have all the answers. It's more just diving into the inquiry and the quagmire of limiting beliefs that we have around what we're capable of and what we're able to receive and what we're worthy of receiving. So I think that this, this idea of money as an extension of ourselves, as, as um, when, we can, when we can take out the, the meaning that we've attached to it and see it as it's paper and it's a tool for exchange. And so how can I be in exchange with all of life so that I can be an exchange in my business in a way that feels good. Mm. I'm so, so glad you brought up that point of the difficulty of receiving because I know um, most people I've I've worked with in my workshops and as financial coaching clients, that is the hardest part. And uh, there's mm-hmm. such a vulnerability mm-hmm. it takes to ask for what we need. And women have been so undervalued and continue to be uh, paid much less than men in similar positions. And so there is this uh, you know, kind of cultural norm where women in particular are not valued for how much of the caretaking that we do for elderly parents and children and and just all the unpaid work and often unseen, unacknowledged. And so when we look at our own ability to um, our own self-worth, and, and I've seen even wealthy people struggle with this too, you know, these feelings mm-hmm. of, oh, well, I, I'm not valuable enough to make my own way. I'm just living off of my trust fund and, and those kind of beliefs. So I really want to emphasize that people of any uh, financial situation can, can struggle with receiving. Oh, my gosh, yes. In fact, there's one author who, who shares about her she grew up wealthy and always had uh, was showered with gifts at Christmas time, and she felt guilty. Every Christmas she felt guilty. Why, why am I getting all of this? And so she, her whole life path has been to really alchemize her relationship with receiving and not feeling guilty for having money and having resources. And then the other piece of it is, well, it's just given to me. I haven't earned it. I'm not worthy of it. It doesn't belong to me. And so repelling it or creating internal misery around, you know, her relationship with it. So there's that piece, too. Um, the, other, the other thing that I think is fascinating is when we look at judgment as a portal into recreating our relationship with money, I think it's a powerful way to rewire because I know many of us probably judge very successful people people who have created a lot of money and resources and success. So it can, it can feel like judgment, like, well, how can they, you know, they don't deserve it. They did something unethical to get there, um, obviously, you know. And, and so then it becomes this divisive separation between people who have and people who don't, where what I'm understanding and learning now you know, from reading all of these chapters that are coming into this book is that 
We're all just people. And some people have figured out the, you know, what the formula that they need to be resourced, and some people haven't. Some people have the spiritual piece, and some people don't. So, and some people have the emotional piece to be able to manage their money and manage their, their worth, um, and some people don't. So there's kind of like this, this three-legged stool of emotions and financial um, knowing and insight and, um, you know, and just being able to, to not judge ourselves or judge other people for what they've created, but instead find true, find really true um, witnessing and acknowledging for everybody for where we are and what, and what aspect of, of this puzzle do we need? What needs mm. to shift? Um, and, and then also alchemizing any self-judgment around either shame, like in my case with the bankruptcy, or shame in this other woman's case for having too much that she doesn't feel she deserves. Mm. Yes, it's, it's such a powerful portal into transformation is, is looking, about, uh, looking at our money situation honestly, having transparency and having meaningful conversations with people that are um, really deep. And it is this, you know, money can be like this unifying factor. And because of its, uh, the way the system has been designed to separate people and to extract value and to kind of create unhealthy competition and secrecy around resources. Uh, It's really like just kind of disabled our ability to cooperate effectively because there is this shame and guilt and, you know, uh, projections of, Oh, everyone else has it all figured out. I'm the only one like making up my, uh, financial personal finance, uh, situation when in reality, our, um, our financial literacy is very low in this country. We are not taught the basics of bookkeeping and school and, and given so much opportunity for debt as soon as we turn 18 and get credit cards and student loans. And so there is uh, a great power in coming together with money as a unifying factor, as we can be transparent, as you have been with us today, and really talk about our our struggles and our challenges uh, with it. And I'd like to take some time to imagine like what a more prosperous prosperous world would look like. Um, maybe imagining 20 years in the future that we've come through this challenging dark age period of confusion and, and seeming chaos. And um, where, where do you see us emerging in, in a more healthy uh, economy and a more collaborative, creative uh, space? together as humanity. Oh my gosh, thank you for asking. And I'm humbled in trying to answer that actually because it's so big. Um, I feel that definitely more community, more, um, more in-person connection is vital in order to create new kinds of exchange and to kind of bring the village back together again to support each other in as many ways as we can because we've become so isolated and now with technology, there's a way that the technology is unifying us and bringing forward what we need and 
I'm just really knowing that I need face-to-face um, interaction with people. And I'm, I've recently stepped more out into my own community to build relationships, um, not just for business purposes, but just for um, community feeling the strength of my community and that there are resources for me and that there are people who I can go to for help or that people that I can serve. So I think that's one piece, you know, I have a fantasy that the world will become like one of those beautiful eco villages we read about. People in Costa Rica are coming together to build a, a new way of life where we can live together and find a new way to exchange and um, live and love in peace. So that ideally would be my vision is that we can be at peace in our exchange and that we can exchange more deeply with the planet and with the earth and, and, um, realize that we need to give back to her in order to find harmony. We need to heal that relationship with the earth in order to heal the relationship with ourselves and find new new systems and new structures to replace the predatory ones that you spoke about. Um, so, wow. Yeah, it's, our, our visions are totally aligned. I've, <laughs> I've been feeling that too. I... Um, yeah, it makes me so happy to hear that, As especially like, yeah, rebuilding this in-person community because our transactions have become so um, uh, <clears throat> not personal, you know? It's like we order something yeah. on Amazon, it's delivered by a drone pretty soon, and um, there is just uh, that natural human desire to exchange and to really see the face and, and connect face-to-face and uh I'll just mention briefly, I've been working on uh, something called the Offers and Needs Market, and we're going to be uh, publishing this guidebook for facilitators to run these live 90-minute events where community members come together and basically come to exchange their passions, their goods, their their resources. And uh, feel yeah. that this is really a missing piece. We have Craigslist and eBay and these other things, but they're really missing, like bringing a sacred marketplace together where people really start with what they're offering. And, and that can be an exploration of its own as well. Oh, what do I have to offer that's maybe never been monetized or I never felt was worthy uh-huh. to have a full-time job doing this passion and and then we can move into the needs uh like you were speaking to with receiving is asking to receive in the latter part of the event because we've opened up and and felt that resourcefulness so i really Mm -hmm. hold that vision too of a more prosperous future Mm -hmm. yeah beautiful thank you thank you Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, in these last few minutes, I'd love to hear a little bit more. Um, just, uh, you know, if you'd like to share uh, the website again where people can find out more about the book and um, anything else you'd like to share here. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Well, the one word that continues to be really strong for me is sovereignty. And um, I'm still just sort of playing around in my mind with what this means for me and for other people. And um, it's, it's sovereignty inside of community so that we, we are sovereign and we are um, 
we have a, a balanced dependence on each other, but also independence inside of ourselves. So this piece of um, meeting my needs and being radically responsible, responsible for my life and for my resourcing and for my contribution and uh, find, you know, finding a way to be in community and still be sovereign. And so I'm not quite sure how that relates to prosperity and money, but it's just an idea that is planted in my mind. So um, somehow I would like to carry on that conversation. Um, you know, maybe it's going to be a theme in a book, an upcoming book, but right now it just feels like it's the most important thing for each of us to find our sovereignty, to find our voice, to heal the trauma and move on, right? And, and move into um, truth and inspired action so that we feel we can contribute. And it really, you know, any change is comprised of individuals who come together to create change. So we can do this. And one person at a time, we are doing it vibrationally and energetically. And then when we can take inspired action to come together and collaborate and find way, new ways, then I just feel the power in that and that the, that momentum builds globally. Mm. So that's just one other piece that is on my mind. The, um, the website to find more information about the prosperity book is flowerlifepress.com forward slash prosperity. And the book will be available July 27th. There are 20, 20 authors contributing, and it's going to be a really cool book. There's going to be interviews with each of the authors. There's going to be bonuses and gifts from everybody, um, and I just think it's going to be a great tool for just taking the next step in, in, in this, on this path to prosperity and actually on the path of prosperity because we are on it. And so when we can see it all around us then and come together to, to find ways to move forward, then we'll be in great shape. I love that, acknowledging that we are already on it. And, and it's so powerful to hear other voices and especially around the topics of money to really feel like, oh, I'm not alone in this this struggle or I, I can really glean from, you know, these authors from, from their own life experiences, what are the best practices and, and ways to alchemize uh, grief into joy and to be able to navigate this world. Um, and, and I'm really glad you brought that uh, feeling of sovereignty in. And this is especially important in the financial conversations because of of the matrix of of the dominant uh, extractive economy uh, to find our own sovereignty and to be willing participants in in a new economy of dignity and respect and uh, just ways that we can use our money and our resources in to create the more beautiful world that we know is possible and and really have have greater sovereignty and and clarity about 
each one of us is is a leader and is a, has the capacity for telling the story of of greater prosperity and just really love your your multifaceted approach towards you know the mind the spirit and and the heart and how that's really uh woven into these these um chapters in the book is like wow there are um many facets to how we relate to worth and uh just really appreciate your voice and and eloquence and ability to be vulnerable and so authentic with us today thank you thank you so much crystal it's been a real pleasure thanks again Mm. yes Great. Well, I encourage listeners to uh, check out that book at floweroflifepress.com slash prosperity and and take a few moments now, maybe in the sun, to just uh, feel that river of gold, to feel that you are in this flow of abundance and to open your mind to greater creativity, collaboration, uh, tap into your ability to uh, really reframe what money and wealth means to you. Thank you so much for listening today, and thank you, Jane, for joining us. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give us is to subscribe to the show and rate and review our podcast at iTunes. Be sure to visit www.moneymorphosis.com. That's money-m-o-r-p-h-o-s-i-s.com to join the growing community of empowered women who are dedicated to creating the true wealth they deserve.